The sizzle of a delicious offering from Omaha Steaks on the Grill is your official soundtrack to summer. Omaha Steaks offers a variety of options that everyone loves. Steak, seafood, chicken, pork, burgers, easy-to-make meals, desserts, and more. Right now, Omaha Steaks is offering a limited-time deal. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter the code LIBERAL into the search bar, and order the Grand Summer Grill Out package today. Order this package and Omaha Steaks will throw in four free burgers and four free gourmet jumbo franks. Every order is flash frozen, vacuum sealed, and safely delivered to your door in a cooler with dry ice. That's right. Omaha Steaks isn't just steak. It's a culinary masterclass, 100 years of family tradition, exclusive premium beef aged to peak tenderness, and guaranteed perfection in every bite. Go to OmahaSteaks.com, type liberal in the search bar, and order the Grand Summer Grilled Out Package. You'll receive four free burgers and four jumbo franks. You can fill your freezer with enough gourmet food to keep your grill fired up all summer long with Omaha Steaks. Enter code LIBERAL in the search bar. That's right, OmahaSteaks.com. Enter code LIBERAL in the search bar. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Standing up and speaking out, here's Hal Sparks. It's, it's true. It's true. We are here. We are live. We're standing up and we are speaking out. And I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm committed to not falling for the distraction of this weekend. Because it used to be, and I'm sure you've heard this, this a bunch, Johnny. What Miller. is it? What is it? Well, the, uh, the, the idea of the late night, uh, the Friday night news dump as a way of hiding a piece of information. Right. Oh, yes. Rachel Maddow is very, uh, very keen on that. The Friday night news stuff. Right. Now, what I will say is that anything that goes on long enough um, as a as a standard of any sort will, over time, um, have the potential for being manipulated and turned into its opposite. In in idiot terms, in like you know, DC comics, for example, no offense, uh, DC is those, if you, um, you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain, that idea, which is really less about character on the part of superheroes or even the people who would become them and more about bored writers running out of stuff and not Mm -hmm. getting clearance from the comic book to create a new villain because that takes a meeting when you get into be the big comic book days, you can't just make up a villain and go, I needed a dude who's who was made completely out of chains for this one yeah. particular thing I was trying to do. Like, no, you have to talk to the villain board. And um, that that reflex in storytelling often comes from this idea that, you know, it's, it's just lazy. But in in real life, any system, no matter how good, is it will eventually become, if if you don't have guide rails set up to protect it, um, a it, it can literally be used for its opposite. And I, I think no better example I can give is the Catholic priest molestation scandal. Mm-hmm. That you have a system where families and especially children uh, have a relationship with a person that they think literally represents God for them, for their family, the most trustworthy person in your household, in your life. And th- all it took was 
some pedophiles going, hey, what a great <laughs> thing I could barnacle yeah, onto. It's, it's, it's about everything. All it takes is some pedophiles. That's all. Yeah, well, yeah, it, we'll, we'll, we'll get in on that. Uh, it, that conversation with Ghislaine Maxwell uh, and her arrest and whether or not they're looking for her body double right now. But yeah. in, in, in all honesty, that's what I'm talking about. There's always you can always whatever systems in place, what, however good. Eventually, unless you constantly work and reframe it, you will always have people who will go, OK, there's a there's a gap here I can exploit. This is something I can take advantage of. And uh, like like Johnny Million drinking some sort of weird beverage live on the show. What is that? Cold brew coffee concentrate. Oh, it's concentrate, too. You're going to add your own water. This is a he needs a little wake up. I'm going to add some juice. skim milk. Oh, look at that. All right. So it's oh, not. Yeah. It's not. Oh, you it's never keto. get to see me dance. No, this is true. Um, <laughs> and, and people on the radio can't. So it's yeah. you just have to picture it in their head. So in this. Um. Friday night news dump idea, the the running storyline has is and has always been that any piece of news you want to bury, you release on Friday night relatively late and nobody will cover it because either stuff will happen over the weekend that will eat it or something you launch Monday morning, which is became the primary tactic. The primary mm-hmm. tactic for dealing with the Friday night news dump was Monday morning will release a a, a new bill or will some sort of controversial piece, you know, that we're of legislation that we're going to work on or an executive order that does something. Those are all, you know, that's how you do it. In case anybody was wondering how you do a proper Friday night <laughs> news dump, that's how you do it. And it's not super complicated. Thank you, Hal Vickery for the Saturday morning, uh, um, News dump. That's the uh, which is what we should change the name of the show to in some ways. Um, <sighs> that used to be the system. The system was uh, piece of news you wish would go away released on Friday night. Piece of news you would you want to eat that piece of news released on Monday morning. As it, you know, as soon as we and it you, and that that strategy showed up right around the time the 24-hour news cycle cable news thing started because even cable news couldn't afford weekend programming. And if you'll recall, MSNBC for the longest time didn't rerun you know, episodes of their best shows of the week like they do now. No, they would like prison <coughs> reality shows. That's right. And, and it got huge ratings. It did. I mean, it, so weird. It, yeah, it took a long time to catch up with the advertising revenue of lockup. And, yeah, but eventually they did. That's right. But eventually they did. So Friday night, you release a piece of news, lock up all weekend. Monday morning, you, you, tw- you know, in the case of this president, you tweet out some nonsense or you uh, sign an executive order about something that's relatively controversial. It'll eat up the news cycle. And the story you wanted buried Friday will die on the vine. Now... The opposite, that system, which was an inversion of the actual system, which is if you put it out on Friday, no one will notice. That story has been inverted and manipulated into a system wherein if you want to drop the uh, that the old Monday story that you want to eat the bad news on Friday. 
you now release that Friday night and it will eat the story that's been going on all week. And so Russia has been paying bounties for the scalps of American soldiers for the deaths of at least 10 Green Berets last year. We lost 20 soldiers in Afghanistan, half of which were Green Berets. That there, there is a through line of money. The money was sent by Russia, received specifically by the militants that killed our soldiers in a timely fashion that recognizes that they were asked to do it and that they were paid when the mission was accomplished. That piece of news could not be more damaging to Trump's election, re-election campaign. Like the, the rest of the stuff about him, a lot of them have just shrugged it off. His, you know, Rico-level gangsterism, his, his disgusting behavior towards uh, the opposite sex, including female leaders of other countries, um, whom he apparently berates and treats like garbage uh, for stuff that bothers him on the same level as apparently stuff the men do. He just seems to feel extra juiced, juiced by um, it, because oh, yeah. they're How women. A woman get away with this. Right, exactly. You can't talk to me like that. I only let, mm-hmm. um, you know. Nobody get like an Angela Merkel in the picture who's like 10 times the leader he'll ever be. That's, that's right. Really ruffle his phone. Oh, it stinks. And everybody knows it and they talk about it all the time and he hears it at all the, you know, the UN meetings. And, and remember, by the way, that Donald Trump heard about this Russian story at least this time last year, earlier, more than likely, uh, March of last year. They have been following this ever since. Millie and Esper admitted that they were aware of these payments. There is no way that something they were made aware of that was of this high level is something that would not have been brought to the president simply because even if you were like, this doesn't rise to the level quite yet of presidential information, that whole argument that they've been floating, understand that the minute he started going, we need to let them back in the G7. Esper and Millie would have come to him and said, whoa, 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 tap the brakes. We need to let you know something. Yeah, here's a we, thing that you might want to know before you start waving that flag. That's right. You might factor this into your uh, into your thinking right now. It's uh, disgusting. It's dismissive of the lives of the very people that that sacrifice for our country. It is it is antithetical to every possible version of patriotism that anybody could ever imagine. Um, and and it's so it, bad that everybody just has to either pretend that it's not true or that he, or they, they don't the plausible deniability or he didn't know. Right. The plausible deniability thing is the only thing he's shooting for. Yep. We got to take a break. Um, but I want to remind everybody that all during this Roger Stone nonsense that came out yesterday <laughs> and that's going to come out, Roger Stone was never going to serve a day in jail. Roger Stone was either going to be have his sentence commuted or be pardoned after the election if and when Trump loses. This was always going to happen. It is. It was supposed to be done later. 
They were going to let him roast for a couple of months and give him a tip of the hat like, you'll be out, don't worry about it. We're going to cut this short. We'll let you go for two weeks and we'll say it's horrible and we'll use COVID as a reason to get you out or something. And then we'll, you, you'll stay home through the election and then I'll pardon you. That stuff, that whisper, that Rico BS was always happening, okay? It was always going to happen. The interesting thing is it's happening earlier than planned. And the reason it's happening earlier than planned is the polls are brutal inside and out for Donald Trump. Both his internal polling and his external polling um, uh, just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is a a pile of um, flaming garbage he's trying to roast marshmallows on. And he does it every time he talks. All right, I polls are showing we're doing very well. Yesterday, he sat with a group of people from uh, that were from Venezuela and Nicaragua, basically trying to do old school anti-Cuba Florida politicking. He let everybody talk at the table once. He was bored, he was fidgety, he was annoyed, and he started and ended the meeting with, I remember November 3rd is coming up and it's very important. And it's probably the most important thing. I said the last one was important, this one might be, and I'll probably keep saying the last one was important, but we're now the, this is the most important. So don't forget about that. And then he left. He did the same thing when he went to Southcom. He went down there, talked about what he perceives as victories, and then he left. And these are all laser-focused minor campaign stops to be used in footage they plan on releasing in ads closer to the election. The getting things done ads. And that's, yeah, I can't repeat on the air what he actually said during the thing. I'll say it during the break to Johnny Million, but we got to take a break anyways. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Works Radio program, Mega Worldwide and WCPD Radio, Chicago's Progressive Talk. Uh, yeah, we're raising money to get Johnny uh, a gimbal because he's wandering around his, his house with his phone on a... <laughs> yeah. It's great. Your plants need some water. Oh. And you get the AARP bill- bulletin? I do. I'm 50. Oh, that's right. I don't get that. It's weird. Yeah, we'll be back right up. after this. All right. Picture your face in the mirror. You see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How about crow's feet or large under eye bags? Well, imagine they're gone. And I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery. Just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in minutes. It's it's the edge you're looking for. Simply put, you'll be blown away by the results. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself out at work or with friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear so nobody knows you're using it, unless, of course, you tell them, which is sort of bragging. Go to triplexiderm.com and use my code SEXYLIBERAL for 50% off plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling one 800 685 1292 and mentioning code sexy liberal. Plexiderm is backed by a 30 day money back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today and use the code sexy liberal at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com. Now let's get back to Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. I was going to play a clip for uh, Johnny Million during the break, but I'll have to wait till the next one because it will just, it'll never last. That said, 
Donald Trump um, also thought, you know, uh, never let it be said that they can't multitask over at the Trump White House. And largely, they have learned how to in the same way that you would learn how to juggle chainsaws if four cars with chainsaws just drove by you and threw them at you. There was a there would be a version of dodging and juggling that would occur as part of it. You'd probably be be. You'd be better at dodging and juggling chainsaws if you survived that moment than someone who'd never been through that moment. That's basically it. That's the level of the multitasking that we see. And um, Trump went on um, uh, Telemundo and had an interview with Jose Diaz Ballart and this and announced something, broke some news on DACA. And the news he broke on DACA was um, a bunch of gibberish. I, I, I don't know what he actually said. I heard it. I heard the words. And I heard the order of the words and the inf- what little inflection of the words are. Because I don't know if you know this, but um, Trump has taken to removing all emotion and inflection from his voice when speaking. Like as much as he, all, he caps locks on Twitter... He pretty much just talks in it. Yeah, it's it is yeah beyond dull. So this was his answer. Of course, uh, um, Jose Diaz Balart, because of the recent case that was before the Supreme Court that Trump lost around DACA, of course, is going to ask him a question about this. This is a question you're going to be prepared for. You're also going to uh, you have to understand that he is answering this question in the context of he's in Florida, he's meeting with people from Venezuela and Nicaragua to try and tag the socialism of Venezuela to Joe Biden. (laughs) Adorable. And and he's also down there uh, talking just basically because it's a must-win state for him. And talking about how he's he's against the normalization of relations with Cuba that Obama started, um, largely for the the reason that Obama started it. There does not seem to be uh, any other reasoning behind his negativity towards this, because every every reasoning they seem to bring up is the reasoning that Republicans have given for years why we should do business with China and why we should negotiate with North Korea. Considering what Trump has talked about, and um, uh, thank you, Matthew, um, considering all those things, you would think, you'd think that he would understand the argument that was put forth by the Obama administration, which was a pretty straightforward kind of American idea about stuff like, hey, how about we don't do this with missiles and bombs? How about we normalize travel so people who are Cuban-Americans who escaped and came to the United States can safely return home and see their families and engage in business with them. And then over time insist that those people, you know, the people there be allowed to fly to the United States. And then as we start going back and forth, it's a little hard to keep them down on the farm once they've seen Gay Paris, as they say. And some for some reason, Trump hates that. And I think it's simply uh, um, to... To paraphrase my right wing friends, brown man bad. Um, 
uh, you know, is, which is the orange man bad projection that they seem to have every time. Thank you, Billy. So uh, legalization, at least temporary. Well, what I'm going to OK, do- so he's talking about DACA. I'll back up and you can hear the whole question. This is Jose Diaz Belar asking him about DACA. People uh, a legalization, at least temporary. Well, what I'm going to do is they're going to be part of a much bigger bill on immigration. It's going to be a very big bill, a very good bill, a merit based bill. And uh, it will include DACA. And I think people are going to be very happy. In the meantime, we'll put it in. We'll take it out. I think people are going to be very happy with it. But one of the aspects of the. It's, I call it the hokey pokey bill. I don't know if you put it in. We'll take it out. Yeah. You turn yourself this about. Everybody's going to have wonderful coverage. Everybody will be covered. That's precisely it. Yeah, that's precisely the argument. So, which, frankly, nobody knows about until right now, because I've told no other reporter. So you have breaking news. Congratulations. But one of the aspects of the bill is going to be DACA. We're going to have a road to citizenship. OK, so that's which, by the way, this is him giving up on, uh, like he knows he'll lose five percent of his 37 percent base that he always you know counts on, which he's losing anyways. He's going to lose 5% of that group no matter what he does, for or against. And so in doing that, he's basically saying maybe I'll gain this other, uh, a bunch of other people who seem, because DACA is seen so favorably. So I'll win votes by this. This is a Reagan move in his mind, that by approving DACA or putting it into a bill or trying to get it through or saying he's going to do it, this will win those voters over. Um, and notice he said a merit based bill, meaning that not everybody who's a dreamer is an American dreamer. Wait for that language to start come out and coming out. These are this is about the American dream for dreamers. So if you're the kind of dreamer that would contribute to the American dream, you're welcome. If you've ever received an ounce of, of state or federal support money or any of that kind of stuff, even in the past, even if you made up for it. Um, you know, simply by advancing yourself in life, that that was the baseline by which you grew uh, into a, a a major player in the American economic system, it wouldn't be enough under the system. By the way, Paul Ryan, because his father passed, went to college using Social Security money. Um, but he would not be held to the same standard that Trump is talking about here. As an executive order, not as a congressional. If you look at the Supreme Court ruling, they gave the president tremendous powers when they said that you could take in, in this case, 700,000 or so people. You you mean what Obama wrote and did as an executive order? What they gave what the Supreme Court gave to the power was the once the president does something like this that allows people, you know, to safely come out of the shadows you cannot shove them back into the shadows or pretend that they don't exist. That was the, I mean, it was just like, don't ask, don't tell. Once you got past don't ask, don't tell in, you know, into <clears throat> any kind of situation where people were allowed to make people, uh, you know, you're allowed to come out, you're allowed to be openly served. You can't change that system anymore back to uh, serving in silence because everybody knows now. So all you've done, now it's illegal to be gay or out as gay in the military. Well, the Supreme Court said, no, you can't do that. In good faith, the government said, come out of the shadows, uh, be yourself, you're allowed to serve. And then, you know, the Trump crowd come in and go, actually, 
and try to shove them back into the closet, as it were. This is the same thing. The, the Supreme Court simply gave co- tremendous leeway to what Obama did. That's the and but believe me, that's not the language that Trump's going to use. We um, uh, more there's more to this on the other side of this. Um, so we got to take a break real quick. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. We're on WCBT every Saturday, nine to eleven a.m. Pacific time, eleven to one Central time. Do the math. Eastern Time or throughout the world, wherever you may be, welcome. Midnight in, tu- in Taiwan, hello. Welcome welcome to the show. Um, we'll be back right after this. Now let's get back with Hellsparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. So um, uh, let's let's continue on listening to uh, Trump describing his DACA plan, which is an executive order, but a very big bill that he'll be signing in the next very short period of time. That will include that that everybody will have everything you want and more and yet less. And I don't know what else. So they gave powers based on the powers that they gave. I'm going to be doing an immigration bill, one of the aspects of the bill that you'll be very happy with and that a lot of people will be, including me and a lot of Republicans, by the way, will be DACA. We'll give them a road to citizenship. When is this going to be? So he's going to sign an executive order on DACA. I, I would like to remind everyone that one already existed and that he fought it in court. And he, this is what he thinks is going to happen, I swear to you. This is what he thinks is going to happen. He was at one point trying to make a deal using DACA as leverage to get funding for his wall. Okay, you'll recall this. Remember this? And so he told the Democrats, if you don't give me the money for my wall, I am going to rescind DACA and all these kids who've grown up here who know only the United States is their home country, who are basically undocumented Americans who've been, you know, or, or have even in many cases come out of the shadows, served their country in, you know, something President Bone Spurs never did. And, and we're expecting citizenship because of it. None of them are going to get that. If you don't give me funding for my wall, we're not going to do this. And then it looked like through the courts uh, that basically DACA was winning. So the, the Democrats said, we're not going to make a deal with you. You have nothing to deal with. Mm. Why would we give you this funding for this ridiculous waste of wall that you're going to build across cliffs no one crosses? That on land the United States doesn't own. Private citizen land. You're going to use eminent domain on at least 100 families and, and individuals to seize their land to build a wall a, that... No one crosses on land that no one crosses. Of course not. Go pound sand. And so they told him to go away. And what they chose to do was continue to fight this in the courts, all the way up to the Supreme Court, to the fail that happened week before last. That's what happened. And now... The president, recognizing that he's on the wrong side of the DACA issue as far as voters go, 
that it is an incredibly unpopular position to to take dreamers and and use them as poker chips to again pay for a wall that Mexico was supposed to pay for across land that no one crosses. We have wall. We've had wall in across like San Diego's border with Tijuana. We've had it at a bunch of you know cross points. Just like we have going from Nevada to California, you have one of those like, you're not carrying any fruit, are you? You know, those stops because people try to sneak stuff through about 20 miles in either direction. It's not that, un- that's the primary places. Everybody that would go past that would either be in a vehicle so big you could see it from space or the people themselves would perish trying so no one does that, which is why people are buying Home Depot ladders and climbing over it. So the Democrats are like, we're not going to give you money from the defense budget to build a wall on a cliff. No one's going to climb to go through a stretch of desert and die in it because there's no, it's a waste of money. We can use drones and other stuff for the rare situation where something like that might happen. But we can, we've got infrared cameras all along those areas. We don't need walls for this. It's a waste of time. And again, we lease the sites for those from the people who live there to put those camera posts up. It doesn't keep their animals from grazing. It doesn't keep them from getting water. Like we, this is a porous border because it's real life. So normal argument is ridiculous. Like here's some money to repair the wall. We're not building any extra wall unless some of it falls down. Because it goes, nobody's going outside the wall. Nobody's going around it. That wasn't there was not at any point a in in all the caravan stories and all that stuff we heard. There was not an epidemic of people going around the wall. There wasn't. There were areas that were close to those crossing points that had no wall or or had fencing that was easily torn up, and they replaced it as they have many times with a you know with a harder. Barrier, but the rest of it—they're not going to build a great wall of the USA across the border, which is what he wants. And he, he was going, "Oh yeah, well I'm going to kick the the DACA kids out, send them back to countries they have no relatives anymore in in anymore in a lot of cases that many of them don't even speak the language." Right. Yeah, I was going to say that. And drop them off to die or be killed by gangs or, you know, all the things the caravans allegedly were fearing, you know, I'm going to drop them and I'm going to murder these kids. If you don't give me money for my wall, that's, that's effectively what he was saying. And the Democrats said, you have nothing to bargain with. You're going to lose on DACA in court the same way you would lose in court with, uh, with don't ask, don't tell it's ignorant. And we're not going to put up with it. So this is this is his plan now. I would say over the next four weeks, we're all being. By the way, um, he said, "What what have we heard him saying? He we will get over the next four weeks over the course of his presidency. His taxes, their health care plan that is cheaper, better, sweeter, and has frosting and will cover pre existing conditions. Um, the you know his plan for dealing with COVID." Uh, their plan for reopening schools that's different from the the CDC's one, but it's better and cheaper and smarter, yet tougher, but not as weak. 
asked to uh, to wear masks. Yeah. Is it difficult for you to to put on a mask? No, it's not. No, it's not. My fingers and thumbs work for the most part, except when I'm drinking water. Difficult at all. In fact, uh, I'll be going to Walter Reed, I believe, tomorrow. And I think when you're another cognitive test, maybe a hospital, you should <laughs> definitely wear a mask. Uh, it wouldn't be difficult at all for me. You've worn them and you'll yeah, start I've wearing more. Them. Them. Will we see you? Wear I think them? you guys. Yeah. If you'd like to. Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think uh, hopefully I'll look good in a mask, but I've I've had masks on and uh, I think you have pictures of me with... And by the way, he is not talking about his weird orange spray tan face for the record. Like he's... He, if, if you get a chance to watch this interview online, which you can on YouTube, he's more orange than normal. His ears aren't... I mean, it was a straight on spray tan. He just can't be bothered to turn his head during the spray tan or the airbrush makeup process or he smears it on himself. Uh, but the makeup line that he has is one of the strongest I've ever yes, seen. You know, I think in certain settings like a hospital, I'm going in to see some of our troops. I'm going in to see some of our COVID workers, people that have done an incredible job. I'm going tomorrow night sometime and I'll be wearing a mask. The numbers of now he's wearing a mask. Who, uh, people infected are going through the roof. Uh, hospitalizations, more than 435 new hospitalizations in Florida. Uh, the deaths have been on the increase. Los Angeles had a 100% increase in the number of deaths over the last week. You have called yourself a wartime president. Is the United States losing the war against COVID? No, we're winning the war, and we have areas that flamed up, and they're going to be uh, fine over a period of time. But unfortunately, we had this plague sent in from China, and it's a disgrace that they didn't stop it in China. They should have stopped it. I put the ban up. If we didn't put the ban, it would have been much worse. If we didn't do a closure... We would have had millions of deaths instead of where we are. Oh, by the way, this is a reminder that um, Donald, there were 40 other countries that closed their borders with China and China stopped travel out of Wuhan before this, that the major airlines, Delta, American and United, all stopped travel out of China to the United States, that the 40,000 people that came from China into the United States after the so-called ban, uh, which was only on non-resident visa holders, didn't strategize about anybody flying through another country. So if you bounce through Japan, you'd manage to get out and you had it, you were eight feet away from the edge of Wuhan of, you know, in the, or anywhere in the Hubei province, you could fly to Pakistan and, and like that, that party kind of conveniently forgets. Right now, but it's far too many. One is far too many, but our testing is far superior to anybody's. So we oh, and the old, uh, he also throws in the old chestnut, uh, chestnut, we uh, uh, millions of people would have died if we hadn't put on the ban. The millions of people number is if we had no function in government and we didn't bother to do anything. So every time he says a million people understand that he's saying, I consider it an option to abdicate my responsibility as president in any circumstance. That's what that is. Mm hmm. Now tested almost 45 million people, and that's helping. It's it's a contagion, by the way. It's not a genetic test. You're not going to find out, oh, or a, or a blood typing test. Oh, and now that we know you're O, you're O forever. All those people who, if they haven't had it already, if they weren't positive for the test, will more than likely need another test. But it flared up in areas where they thought it was ending, and that would be Florida, Texas. Nobody thought it was ending there. Everybody no. knew it was growing there. These are places where it hadn't even gotten up. 
yeah, it hadn't even gotten off the ground yet. Um, what's it, by the way, Johnny, what's it like? We got to take a break, but are you noticing less mask wearing or more mask wearing? What's the general? It, the, this past week, it's picked back up again because people are actually noticing the news, but it mm-hmm. was starting to taper. Yeah. Because because people were mostly because just people were like deciding that they were done with it. Like they right. just saw what was going on. They were and going Illinois with her. Was actually before it was impossible to stop it, Illinois was on track to, to keep reopening. Right. We were like one of the few states that were doing okay and now it's now we're not doing okay. Right. Right. Let's take a break. We'll be back right after this. It's the House March Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. The only place right now that isn't buying the Roger Stone distraction. We'll be back. Now, more than ever, we're all thinking about our hygiene. All day long, all day strong. We are washing our hands and squeezing into our eyes. That's right. But we are still taking a huge carry of virus with us everywhere. Our phones. Yeah. They're a vector for disease and we rarely clean them. I mean, the other day we tried wiping one down I and I was like, come on, girl, you know, we know what we need. This. We know exactly what we need. We are constantly touching our phones with our hands and even pressing them to our face, yes. which is a no no these days. It's time to take cleaning your phone seriously. That's right. The Clean Phone Pro sanitizer uses medically proven UV light technology to kill 99.99% of all bacteria that comes in contact with your phone. That's right. It's better than wipes and safe for your device because you can't boil it, your Mm -hmm. phone, right? No, you can't. And the Clean Phone Pro gets every inch of your phone clean with the nine high power UVC lights. Mm. Dedicated wireless charging pad on top of the chamber. Wow. You can be sanitizing other items while wirelessly charging your phone or just use the Clean Phone Pro as your go-to charging station at any time fully removable top means easier fit for more items and larger items so you know you can be sanitizing your, your behind off. depending on the size of your behind yes maybe you're behind too maybe uh, maybe i don't know here's the deal you got to go to the cleanphone.com today and get one for just 89 dollars in free shipping when you use the code sexy liberal if you're serious about hygiene it's time to get serious about cleaning your phone go to the cleanphone.com and keep your phone true clean. Remember, use the code SEXYLIBERAL for a two-day free shipping, <laughs> and we will ship immediately. That's right. That's thecleanphone.com. Thecleanphone.com. This is Tom Hartman, and you're listening to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. As Johnny switches to his uh, laptop to join us uh, when, he, when he calls back in, um, we've got full phone lines, so I think it behooves us to grab one of them right out of the gate. Uh, who do we have, Devin? First, we have EO from the chat room. Oh, EO, Electric Outcast, how are you? What's up? How are you? Welcome. What? Well, to give you a brief, uh, to give you a brief breakdown on what's going on on my end in terms of COVID, we we're about mm-hmm. to reach uh, thirty-five thousand cases, and we're at twelve hundred deaths right now. Right, and basically yeah, my and basically my my city's in the very high five over five hundred and fifty cases. Do you know what the limitations on on the on the ICU beds and the like of you know are at this point? I'm basically um, like, worried about low hospital staff at this point. Right. Yeah, because that's the but other thing they factor in. We talk so much about beds. But we don't really talk about the fact that that the people who are dealing with this sickness, the people who are 
in danger of getting the highest viral load through exposure, which is one of the things that contributes to you dying, it, you know, is, is the amount of virus you were exposed to, um, the, the viral load. Um, those folks are dealing with this every single day. They are dealing with the trauma of this every single day. And, um, you know, it's nice that they're getting applauded. We hope that at some point they will get, you know, so like hazard pay, as it were. But in the process, it's, it's incredibly important that we recognize the, what they're going through. Yeah. Anyway, but anyway, if I could get to my own point, what I was going to call yeah. you about. So obviously the Supreme Court ordered Trump to release his tax returns to the state of New York. Mm-hmm. So, well, oh, not okay. quite, <laughs> but yeah. Right. But I was talking with John Fugel saying on Sirius XM last night about mm-hmm. a about something that about a what if scenario that occurred to me when that happened. Right. Like basically like basically the reason why Trump is basically in the White House to begin with was because he didn't think that Barack Obama was a US citizen. You know, he was basically a burglar and kept trying right. kept being the driving force in that movement. Mm-hmm. And so and it, and so my I wanted to ask your opinion, um do you think that that Obama could have used those tax returns as retaliation against against Donald no, Trump. No, I don't. See, I don't think he's interested. I don't think he's interested at all. That's the thing. You know, it may uh, be no. one of the frustrating things for some people about Obama and and Biden is that they they don't seem to be in the revenge game. That seems to be Trump's entire thing. I think also well, there is a little bit of if the guy's already on the you know ground beating himself up, why keep kicking? So a lot of this has been you know sort of standing back and letting him do damage to himself, including the release of Roger Stone, because this will not well, end I'll, well I'll, for Donald I'll, Trump. I can interrupt you for a second. Sure. Uh, I'm not. I, I can understand now, but I'm talking about back then, like back when Barack Obama was still president. Like, yeah. like, could How he have used Eric Holder to go after? Could he have used Eric Holder to go after Trump's tax returns? Like, why no, didn't you no. pay your tax? No, no, no. Because it's not mandatory. It's not. Uh, you know, legally, there's no reasoning for it. That's very Trump reasoning. Trump is like they Obama Biden need to be in jail. That he's just talking out of his tuchus. There is no element of of this that has any real legal bearing. Um, the the SDNY and the EDNY and possibly the um, the Washington AG, the DC AG, um, um, or the yeah, they may have reasoning to go after Trump for election fraud. Um, campaign fraud uh, and financial fraud because of the kind of the description I gave um, a couple of, or maybe it was yesterday, but the, or the day before on the daily stream, which is there are two kinds of crimes that we expect Trump may have engaged in one or the other. And this is what all the, this is what the case in SDNY is about and what they need is taxes it, it for besides the fact that he paid, um, he used someone else to pay Karen McDougal and Stormy Daniels cash that came from him into his, there was basically a campaign payment that when you pay people off to keep silent, that is an in-kind contribution from anybody who may have paid it. Meaning, 
you know, money he gave through David Pecker or Michael Cohen. Um, and so that's a that's a litigatable case about campaign uh, finance. It's pretty minor. Like it's a misdemeanor. He probably wouldn't be able to like be in charge of his own campaign again or something in the same way that his kids aren't allowed to own a run a charity or be involved in charity in New York state anymore because they're criminals. Um, But that's, you know, it's, it's a rich person punishment. The problem Trump has is that Michael Cohen in front of Congress and in court stated for the record to both SDNY and to the Congress that Donald Trump inflated the worth of his properties and 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 his net worth to get loans and deflated the 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 worth of his properties and his net worth for tax purposes. So what you normally have is a situation where somebody's got a property worth twenty million dollars and they want to get a loan to buy another one just like it. So they lie and say the building is worth forty million dollars on their loan application to get this loan, right? And the bank loans them money they should not have gotten. That's bank fraud. You're defrauding the bank and the lender. You're pretending you have collateral. You do not. If the if the building goes under, you can't pay it back. Those kind of things. And so that in and of itself is one crime. That's bank fraud. The other version is you have right. a building that's worth $40 million and you tell the IRS it's worth 20. And when you tell the IRS it's worth 20, you're committing tax fraud. The reality is, is that on multiple fronts, according to Michael Cohen and what he said both in court and in front of Congress, is that Trump constantly did both with the same property. He, he had a $30 million property that he told the bank was worth 40 and the IRS it was worth 20. He committed both crimes on every piece of property that he had. This is why he's keeping his taxes and his financial records specifically from, you know, why they're trying to get Mazar, his accounting firm, from giving his records. Now, the courts have every right to those uh, because they just by investigating one of those crimes, they can get the balancing technical documents. So the, the idea is that and, and I talked about this yesterday a little bit on the stream, you know, that was, let's say the the SDNY is saying Trump lied on his taxes. He said this property is worth 20 and it's really worth 30. We know this. He's lying on his taxes. New York State, because the property is in New York State and he pays taxes in that and he was a resident of New York State at that time. That lie is germane to our legal system in New York. It's not a federal thing. It's a state, you know, the the federal prosecutor for it is the highest ranking uh, DA in New York. But because it's such an integral part of the economy of New York State, they can bring charges in this. Okay, so he said he's got a $30 million property. He told us it's worth 20. Uh, One of the things that you are going to ask as a lawyer is, did you tell anyone how much this property was worth? When they ask him, they go, they're going to, they're going to go, how, who, did you tell anybody? Cause you're going to, he's going to go, I thought it was worth 20 when I filled out my taxes and they're going to go, okay, did you tell anyone it was worth 30? Did anyone tell you it was worth 30? That's going to be an integral part of the, of the lawsuit, right? So they're going to go okay. ask where else 
he established both either verbally or on paper the worth of that property. And the place that he most distinctly established the worth of that property on paper was when he asked for a loan on the property because he told the bank what he thought it was worth. Now, if they get those papers and he told the IRS it was worth 20 million and he told the bank it was worth 20 million, no harm, no foul, done. And if that's what you said, you give your, you you give, you have your, even under seal, you have your accountants give that to them. We got to take a break, but you have your accountants give that to them and they go, look, see, we said 20 both places. Done. End of story. Leave us alone. So if said, you didn't, of my time. yeah, well, thanks. Thanks very much, EO. Appreciate your calling in. Uh, we'll be back right after this. More of your call, 773-763-9278. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. It's now time for the happy ending. Yay! If you can have one in a pandemic, I suppose there's some movement on uh, the tuberculosis vaccine having some effect. Um, And uh, according to David K. Johnston, because of uh, SDNY's, you know, state related charges that um, that even if Trump were to resign before the election so that Pence could pardon him for his federal tax crimes and his and the the federal charges of bank fraud on the state level, they would still be strong enough to uh, stop him. Thank you, James Etling. Appreciate it. Dedicated to Devin. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, Donald, according to him, Donald Trump is going to be indicted if the business records do not match up, which is what I was saying. Like I said, I think there are two crimes there, not just one. They are looking for one, but they will find a second. No matter which one they look for, if they look for the bank fraud, they'll find the tax fraud. If they look for the tax fraud, they'll find the bank fraud. Um, um, and David K. Johnson says, I have a lot of his records. They won't match up. Yeah, no kidding. Um, also, right now, you know, Trump is dealing with the fact that there's a piece of tape of him saying we have 15 cases and it's pretty soon going to be going to zero because we've handled it very well. And I think uh, President Xi is doing a great job and it's very transparent. And um, yeah, so in the last 14 days, we are seeing um, per capita spikes. Very important distinction to be made here. And, you know, when you say per capita, there's many per capita. It's like per capita relative to what? Um, Canada. Yeah. Um, in California, Texas, Florida, Arizona, Louisiana, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Nevada, um, Iowa, Utah, um, Oregon, Idaho, which is horrifying, mm-hmm. um, Delaware, um, and then every other place is just on a uh, had a bump and then is a, on a slow arc upward. Um, like North Dakota and West Virginia, Montana, Alaska, Hawaii, the Virgin Islands, Oregon, um, uh, sorry, Ohio, Indiana, Washington, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan. These are all, you know, cases 
as we find them. Now, the steady rise part, you could attribute to the rise in testing. If indeed that rise in testing correlates to the rise in in positivity or fluctuates, meaning more cases, lower percentage of positive, because what you should be doing is testing so many as you increase testing that you're finding fewer positives. The reality is they're pretty much still just testing people who think they have it or go to the hospital. We have never left the first wave. Good point, Wes. We have never left the first wave. We are still in it. And um, there, we will never have a chance at a second wave. Um, and especially in places like Florida and Arizona, it is incredibly frightening um, what this will do to the population over time. Arizona and Florida, both are states with a lot of elderly people. A lot of old people moved to Arizona for the dry weather. Stay away from the moisture because it helps them breathe and all those other things. Florida, you know, jokingly called God's waiting room for a long time. Tremendous number of retirees down there. And what, what has Trump's response to this been largely over time is, eh, you know, it's, you know, there's mostly old people die from this. Mostly. You mean 43%? That they're, the, they're a majority minority or a minority of the majority, what have you. They're not an overwhelming majority, is my point. Um, thank you, Ginger. Holy smokes. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, so, uh, yeah, and don't forget to give a thumbs up, to like, and subscribe to the show. We appreciate you being here every week. Let's take another caller. Who do we have, Devin? Next, we have, we have Roosevelt one. from Midway. Cool. Hey, Roosevelt, welcome back. Hell, th- thanks for taking my call. I'm going to be, I know you're running short on time, so I'm going to be super quick here. Indeed. Appreciate uh, it. In that, in that meeting yesterday, to the right of Trump was Mario diaz Balart. That is Jose Balart's brother. He is a Republican yes. congressman, a bootlicker for Trump, by the way, just like, mm-hmm. uh, just like uh, what's his name, Rubio. Bar. <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy, Mario Diaz Ballard, he had COVID back in April. Now, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, you can you you can correct me. He didn't have a mask on yesterday, and he just got out of it. That tells you something. No, he that, right. Oh, go ahead. So, well, I was so, saying, um, uh, and by the way, that's if you're facing it head on. If you're looking at the round table, he was on uh, Trump's left, your right, and then the uh, the woman yeah. to uh, Trump's right yeah. on our left was the woman from Cuba who I said gave him cufflinks and Trump wouldn't even yep. touch them for fear of yep. catching COVID. Now, arguably, uh, Mario, if he's had it, will have antibodies, can't carry it. And so it, Trump is only going to allow people increasingly into his inner circle if they've already had it. And so those people who were you know, non-mask wearing, who ended up asymptomatic, you watch. Kimberly Guilfoyle will be the new uh, Hope Hicks as soon as she moves through her infection. She's got it. She tested positive. As soon as, if, 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 God willing, she survives it and, and doesn't end up in the hospital in a way that embarrasses him, which is also part of this, um, she yeah. will, she'll end up being even closer to the inner circle. He'll, he'll spend more time with her than he does with Don Jr., which I think was already true. But go ahead. Yeah. And hell, 
in closing, yeah, Francis yeah. Francis Suarez, the mayor of Miami, Miami, had a meeting at El Doral with Trump there and the president of Brazil, who has it now. President of Brazil yep. has it now. Suarez had it back in May. Okay, right. All these guys, and 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 isn't it a coincidence that the three countries in the world that lead in COVID are the United States, Brazil, and I believe Russia. Russia's either third or fourth. I'm not sure about Russia. Yeah. But isn't it something? Yeah. All of Trump's buddies and all these people that are pushing the schools to be open, hell, like Trump, mm-hmm. Trump's wife, Pence, Pence's wife, Betsy DeVos. And the one that was really amazing, I want to know your opinion, is the director of uh, the CDC, which is Robert uh, Redfield, he's pushing the schools mm-hmm. open. I haven't heard, I haven't heard Fauci saying open up the schools, and that's what I'm afraid no. of. These, these Redfield, guys, like the Redfield team, actually right. said, just so you know, Redfield, Redfield said they should stick to the CDC guidelines. Um, he was right, one. He right. that's one of the areas where he bucked he bucked Trump in that the you know Trump has wanted to loosen those standards. But, but um, and he's at least yeah. Go ahead. But hell. Did you see the interview yeah. between, uh, uh, what's his name, from CNN, uh, the guy with the white hair? I can't think of his name. Uh, Cuomo? Anderson Cooper? Or, or Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper. The, he was with Anderson right. Cooper. And Anderson asked him, are you guys going to relax the, the uh, what you mentioned, the, the guidelines? And that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what I was setting to. These guys are going to do what Trump says. And that's what I'm afraid of, Al. Because I haven't heard Fauci right. say, let's open up the schools. But I'm afraid no. that the director of the CDC is going to go back and say, hey, you know, uh, let's relax. Because I believe Pence was pushing the, the issue that they were too tough, these guidelines to reopen the schools. That's all I'm I, I think about. you're I, I think they're going to push for it. I don't see the CDC and those guys uh, doing it in the same way that you've seen. Like, if you, Did you see General Milley pushing back against uh, both the – um, the relaxing of the attention on the Russian story and also on uh, supporting the removal of Confederate generals. There are certain elements where yeah. there's a line some of these folks won't cross, if only for their own self-interest long term. I'm not, I don't doubt that, you know, after Millie's apology for standing in front of the, going for that church photo op, I think he's near had enough. And there's going to be a big pushback from, you know, uh, towards him eventually as well. I, I don't doubt he'll be replaced by the election. If he lasts till August, it'll be hard to replace him. But if they get rid of him in the next couple of weeks, um, they'll be able to replace him with somebody who's a little more of a sycophant. The same thing with, like, Redfield. As long as they don't give him any, uh, and Fauci, if they don't give him any camera time, they can pretend the stuff's not going on. The standards CDC-wise will be the standards. It's up to the states to carry them out anyways. And red states will blow them off. And blue states will will operate at the highest level that they can possibly have. Um, I appreciate the call. I'm sorry we didn't get to our other callers today because we had uh, limited time or whatever. Uh, call, please call back in earlier next week. Uh, we'll be glad to talk to you. Johnny Million, thanks for being here even after you ran 800 miles this morning and whatever. I'm just adding zeros to stuff. I learned hour. that. Yeah, well, I learned that from Trump. If you add, you can just add a zero to something and it makes you sound even better. Yeah. Yeah, it could be even more than that is another phrase of his that I'm a big fan. It started out, it could be, they say 2 million, it could be even more than that. 2.5, 2.3, I've even heard four. Where'd you hear the four from? Inside my own head. 
Um, appreciate you guys. Thank you, Devin, so much. Appreciate all of our listeners on WCBT. Stick around for Dick K. Um, and I'll do a short post show uh, at infotainmentwars.com. If you want to drop over there, we'll see you next time. Bye.